Hey, it is a Friday afternoon, and that means it is a Facebook Live Friday. Brian Milam, Lee K. Howard, and this is about second, third week in a row. Alex was here last week. Yeah. You guys are dressed for casual, and I have to, and I'm not. I, you didn't get the memo. <laughs> Alex and I both deemed it casual Friday here at WKYT. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, you thought that meant taking your tie off. I mean, you, well, you, you yeah. look good, but... Uh, you know, I'm more comfortable. Hey, it's your uh, it's your happy half hour here for the next little bit as we talk sports. And it's been, uh, you know, we're starting to gear up. We have not hit full throttle yet for the sports in July, late or early August. We're coming up on that. But we'll start with UK football because some bad news this week with Devontae Robinson. Uh, I think we were talking in the office fourth year in a row. A starter has gone down before the season has even begun. Yeah, and, and that's just a, a deflating thing when that happens. Of course, last year it was Landon Young. Mm -hmm. And think about that, too. Two years in a row, it's been local products. You know, Landon yeah, Young right. from Lafayette this year, Devontae Robinson from Henry Clay. Uh, and the reason this one is so big is because of the position that he plays and the lack of depth coming back in the secondary for the Kentucky Wildcats. He, by far was the one with the most experience, having played mm -hmm. all 13 games last year. So it's a really tough hit, as opposed to Landon Young last year. That was a big blow to the Wildcats just because of what Landon could have provided for that team. But they had other offensive linemen with experience to step in when Landon went down. Devontae may be a little bit different. There's not a lot of experience returning. What are we talking about, six guys? Five, five uh, guys went on to the right. NFL. And then Devontae, those were the six most experienced guys in that backfield. Yeah, you take out Beatty and Westry. You take out Edwards and Darius West. West, Lonnie Johnson, and now Devontae Robinson. And Mark Stoops was a defensive back in his college days. And now he's got to be scratching his head a little bit. Is, hey, you guys who are maybe not at – see, this is why – Kids, if they don't get to play early, you know, this transfer portal thing, well, I'm not getting to play. You are one misstep away mm -hmm. from getting a starting role, no matter the position. And unfortunately for the Cats, it has uh, it's become a problem uh, in the early going uh, before the season has begun. We have not heard how the injury occurred, but it's to a right thigh muscle, the quad, and he's going to have need surgery. He's done for the year, and man. Yeah, you just, you just hate At it. least it happens now and not a week before the season begins. Sure, so the team can prepare sure. for it, but you still hate it for him. No doubt. Especially no doubt. when you consider he redshirted his first year. Yeah. So he's already burned his redshirt. So he would have been a junior. Uh, so he essentially loses a year of football, and, and you hate that for him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a great thing for the team, and but the team will figure it out. Devontae is going to have to dedicate himself to recovery, to that training room, to getting back healthy because he'll have another year when this is up uh, to be a senior at Kentucky. And so that'll be important for him. But in the meantime, they've got a big hole to fill uh, there. And, and unfortunately, I mean, it's football. Those, those kind of things do happen. You just hate it for anybody, especially a guy that you knew this team was going to need to depend on. Yeah, and, and arguably, other than Cash Daniel, who played so much last year, and we've seen DeAndre Square and Chris Oates uh, play uh, quite a bit in certain roles last year. Devontae, other than Cash, I, I think just going off the top of my head, the uh, the guy returning with the most experience. Um, defensively. Defensively, right. yeah. And now you lose that guy. So it's going to be a, a tough start for the football Wildcats as you lose Devontae Robinson. So now some other guys certainly will have to step up next Friday. 
Uh, we're going to have a busy day on Friday next week because it is UK Football Media Day. Right. So we will be, I'll be dressed like you next week. There you I'll go. Dress like so you'll, you'll catch on. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to, we're going to have all kinds of stuff. You know, we will hear from Eddie Grant and you'll hear from Mark Stoops and you'll hear from every, probably every coordinator, about 20 to 25 players, maybe even more that we will interview throughout the course of the day. So next week, next Friday is going to be a power pack day and then the next day is fan day and the the first practice for the I Cats. mean in, in football season is here at that point fall, fall camp begins for the Wildcats we start turning our attention to the football season not that we already haven't but we really start diving into mm -hmm. new stuff because uh, we'll be hearing from the team two or three times a week once that uh, fall camp begins and uh, then the kickoff to the season right there at the end of August against Toledo I mean we it feels like it feels like football season is starting tomorrow, to be honest it, with you. But, but it's, can get here it's almost here, yes. <laughs> we also have been starting our high school football previews. We have heard from East Jessamine, Bryan Station. Tonight at 6 o'clock on this Friday, Lexington Catholic will be on the clock. And uh, for East Jess, they get a brand new field, brand new turf. The bleachers have been moved in 6.3 miles. <laughs> they are now on the field instead of somewhere close to uh, the the Boyle County line is where they had been in the past right that's pretty neat and I know it's it, it I don't know if it means anything but you are going to have a better atmosphere at the games that's one thing I loved about West Jessamine their crowd is right on top of the home bleachers they don't have bleachers on both sides of the field really and uh, not that that makes an impact, but at East Jess, they were so far away. Yes, it was just not a good atmosphere. The closer game for the fans to watch at East Jessamine was the pickup football games. The little kids were playing in about, front of the stands. about 100 feet in front of them, and then another 100 to 200 feet was, uh, jokingly, was the football field. But it's kind of a cool, brand-new atmosphere over there. Yeah, and that's been fun. So that's And that's also, let me say, part of the reason why I'm dressed like this today because all week long, myself, and, and you have as well, and Alex has as well, we've been stopping by different schools around the area. I've been yeah. to about 10 schools this week. And, um, you know, like you said, Bryan Station, East Jessamine, West Jessamine's getting a new field as well. That's the cool thing about these high school football previews that we That's started right. last night. We're running every night at 6 o'clock is every team has a little bit of a different story, whether it's a new field or a new coach or they had a great season last year trying to build on that or they had a terrible season last year. They're trying to turn things around. Every team has a little bit of a different story and we're showing those at 6 o'clock. So that that's a, I'm going to Clark County tonight, Montgomery County tonight. So uh, it's and I don't want to be out there in a suit. So uh, it's <laughs> I'll take care of the early shows. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, you know, it's it's fun. It, and you, you think college football season is almost here. High school football season gets That's here right. a week earlier than that. That's so right. August 23rd, the kickoff to the high school football season. Uh, that's going to be here in, in less than 30 days. And one thing that I love, I, I grew up on high school football in eastern Kentucky with a sports overtime 42-minute show way back yonder, and that was a lot of fun. But the preseason, when you get to know the coaches, you get to know the players, you get to introduce yourself to those you don't know. And uh, there are some new coaches in central Kentucky. And you mentioned you know, teams that may have been good last year, won't be as good this year or vice versa. A lot of kids graduate, so each year you may remember, you say, oh yeah, you played last year, and then you get to follow their career a little bit. One funny story, and I will not name the coach because 
he travels to Lexington quite a bit from <clears throat> Floyd County. But uh, one year they went uh, like three and eight, and I said, "Hey, look at that! You've got 18, you got 17 starters returning. That's got to be pretty good." He said, "Yeah, it's one of our positives. We've got 17 starters returning. One of our negatives, we've got 17 starters returning." <laughs> and I was thinking that's one of the best lines. From, from way back when, but we get to hear from these kids and coaches, and it is a lot of fun. Uh, linebacker for Lexington Catholic, Pierce Hall, he has a soundbite that we're going to hold on to until the night of the high school football season because it is, it is one of the best in 21 years. It's one of the best I've heard gearing up to a season, and we will have about 30-some-odd teams uh, coming up to kickoff, and so yeah. we will finish our stories right before on August 22nd, kickoff August 23rd. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. Cannot wait. Be. Now, let's talk about something else real quick. Uh, the UK basketball season, the non-conference part of the schedule is complete. And let's go through it right now because there's a couple of games that one game in particular you're going to be pretty excited about. But yeah. uh, but Kentucky has started a BBN showcase going to have the, uh, the uh, UK the CBS Sports Classic, rather, uh, that's going to be out in Las Vegas against Ohio State. Uh, but one game in particular, I want you to talk about this. January 25th, this is yeah. a big one for you. This is a big one for me, uh, Kentucky and Texas Tech in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And uh, I think it's good, first of all, let's talk about for Kentucky before we talk about why, I, why I'm excited <laughs> about it. This is good because Kentucky's had to play, it seems like, Kansas every single year. And it makes sense because those are the two premier programs of the two conferences, respective conferences. So it makes sense. But after a while of playing Kansas every year, and there was the one year we played West Virginia at West Virginia. Right. And that was, that a was very fun. That was a great atmosphere and a big game. Um, but Texas Tech, of course, coming off the, uh, they played in the national championship game last year where they were co-Big 12 champions last year. They've been a pretty good program for two years in a row. So it's kind of fun for Kentucky to get to go play a team that they don't traditionally play. I think four times in their history, the last time the two teams met was back in 1994. So it's been a while now. So that, that, that'll be fun. And, and the style of Texas Tech and their head coach, Chris Beard, is going to be something that I think is going to be very beneficial to Kentucky come the postseason because Texas Tech plays a very methodical, they're going to defend you for the entire shot clock. They slow the ball down. They're not going to try to run up and down the floor with you. So they play. styles make for great games. Exactly. And that's why Texas Tech last year almost got Duke uh, because they weren't going to try to run with Duke. They, never, they knew they weren't going to do that. They tried to play a contrasting style. So that's going to be a good test, I think, for Kentucky in January because regardless of the outcome, and I think Kentucky wins the game, but regardless of the outcome, that's something that prepares them for March. Now, the reason I'm excited about it is because that's the team I grew up cheering for. Now, I don't, I don't cheer for them anymore, but – I grew up going to Texas Tech games and, and following that program. And then earlier in my broadcasting career, I lived in, I worked in Lubbock at a TV station in Lubbock. So met a pretty girl um, over there. I am yeah, met a pretty girl that you know we're now here in Kentucky with uh, Kristen. So yeah, we met at a TV station in Lubbock. So um, Brian's already going to book my plane ticket for that game. I'm not paying for it. Um, yeah, it. he's going to book it, and I'll be covering that game at an arena yeah, I've been in many cool. times. But it should be a really fun atmosphere. United Supermarkets Arena. It's like I believe it's about fifteen thousand. I expect that place to be packed, um, and that's going to be a very tough ticket to get. So Texas Tech, a very good team, team that knocked off Kansas last year, a team that went all the way to the, the, the uh, NCAA championship. So Speaking of fun. Kansas, I'm just glad UK's not playing Kansas. 
in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Right, yeah, that's what, yeah. I mean, it, it's like for me watching the Yankees and the Red Sox again and again and again. It is the American way to find something really great like UK Kansas and then just <laughs> run it right into the ground to the point that uh, yeah, okay. do it every, do it every like, Kansas again. Yeah, do it like again. every three years, yeah, and that makes you, makes you, you know, you you do want to play the Kansas as sure opposed do. to like Iowa State, but uh, you know you don't want to play them every single year. So What's no, I'm excited about that. <laughs> In my opinion, if I had to rank the opponents, the non-conference opponents, the Texas Tech game is the second toughest non-conference opponent on the schedule. Um, right behind Michigan State, who is likely the preseason number one team mm -hmm. in the country. Next would be Texas Tech, and then Louisville would probably be third as far as the non-conference opponents, as far you know, ranking the, the difficulty of them. I, I talk, we've talked about the Indiana series with Kentucky a couple of weeks ago, how we, I wish it would come back and be on a home-and-home -home basis. That's not going to happen. Okay, fine, whatever. But I do like the fact that we're seeing either some new teams that are somewhat hot, like Texas Tech, they're rolling the, the hot dice right now, or you see a Georgia Tech ball club that used to be in the SEC back in the day, uh, you know, ended the UK winning streak at Memorial Coliseum in the 50s and uh, really had a good rivalry for a while with Kentucky. And it's good to see that. Um, and Kentucky will return the favor next year going to Atlanta. And I've, I've got dibs on that game uh, okay. in next year. But um, it's good for me. You also get to see Utah again. Uh, you know, a team that UK dealt uh, dealt with a lot in the 90s, uh, played recently, and um, and of course the Louisville Cardinals, who will be pretty good. Chris Mack is, I think he's sitting on a bomb over there in terms of he's collecting great talent, he's collecting good talent, and molding them into better players. I th I really believe this UK U of L rivalry has the chance in the next year or two to possibly start to creep back to where it was several years back when you maybe didn't know who was going to win. It was going to yeah. be a tight game. It's not been, I think everybody knows, except for the one year that Kentucky pretty much is going to take care of business in that, but looking forward to seeing that rivalry pick up a little bit. Now let's talk about this page over here, though. You want to talk about the uh, BBN Showcase in Utah Valley and Evansville? And <laughs> Lamar. And Lamar. Uh, Fairly Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson. Are they on there, too? I do like the fact that UK and EKU are getting Yeah, that, that's a good game. Th that is. Uh, Nick Mayo, quickly, speaking of EKU, Nick Mayo signing a professional deal with a Japanese team, the Shiba Jets, and he had a great showing in the NBA Summer League. I mean, a mm -hmm. guy who you look at the roster and say, well, he's a big guy, you know, who's he? I'm, I'm not from Kentucky. I'm not from the Midwest. I don't know anything about OVC basketball except John Morant. Nick Mayo averaged almost 10 points a game in the Summer League uh, for the Miami Heat, and I think he had a pretty good showing. Uh, only the second guy ever in the history of the OVC to be all OVC first team four years in a row. Now the Colonels are going to take a new look, and I cannot wait to see what A.W. Hamilton comes up with because he inherited a, a, a decent nucleus with one superstar. Now the team will start to take his shape a little bit more yeah. uh, in year number two. So that'll be fun to see uh, a local team come into Rupp Arena. Yeah, I, I always like when Kentucky plays the EKUs no or even the exhibition games against Georgetown and Transy and Kentucky State a couple of years ago. And Moorhead last uh, year. Moorhead. Those are always uh, fun games. And, you know, the, the non-conference schedule is not what I think a lot of people would like to see as far as the – 
the, the names on there. And, and I can see both sides of it. I, I would like at least one more marquee game at home against Rupp Arena. Like if, if North Carolina came, if it was Indiana, and we've, we've, we've talked about that to exhaustion. Uh, but, you know, if it was a Duke every once in a while right. or, a, or just a, a team that's competing, I, I do think when people say there need to be more marquee home games I agree with that completely. I, I completely agree with that I also see this the advantage of playing some Mount St. Mary's and some Lamar's and some fairly Dickinson's now I don't think you want to populate your entire non-conference home schedule with those but since John Calipari does have a new team seemingly every year early in the non-conference portion of the schedule, it's good to play some competition that's probably not as good as you are because there's a little bit of wiggle room to figure out what you're good at at the same time. Um, but uh, would I like to see another home game against, you know, a North Carolina? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mentioned this to someone who will remain nameless because it was somewhat of a, uh, it, it wasn't a top secret conversation, but it was, what do you think? And this was someone who uh, has a little bit of pull. And I said, if it were me, being something of a traditionalist, and you want to play somebody with a big name, but maybe not the greatest game. So let's, because you, I understand you cannot super power pack your non-conference schedule. But I said, if you don't want to have a home and home, or someone wants to come to Rep Arena, but Kentucky doesn't want to go play at their place, but they want to be on a neutral floor, no problem. And I did say Georgia Tech. I said you could play it in Rupp Arena and then go down the road and play where the Hawks play. I said, or what about Georgetown? Patrick Ewing. It's yeah. a big name, but not a great team right now. But it, it's the but at name least that it's, gets exactly. people excited about playing. So what about what if they came to Rupp Arena? Kentucky goes and plays at you know wherever Georgetown plays uh, the nearest home site for the Washington Wizards. You know, right. something like that. The St. John's Redmen, when Chris Mullen was the head coach, bring them to Rupp. You guys go play in Madison Square Garden against the Johnnies. Thing would be awesome. Houston, the same way. We saw how good Houston can be, so that would be maybe a tough, a tough ticket there. But UNLV, go out and play in Vegas where all those lights are. Bring Vegas here. I mean, yeah. big names, but teams that don't have a superpower to them that they could upset you where yeah, well, we could have played Evansville and beaten them. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that's a great idea. Play those those name teams that maybe aren't to your level while you try to figure things out. Because but they still have a good name to it. Exactly, because right now what's not going to excite the, the general fan are some of the Lamars and the Mount St. Mary's and some of those schools. Yeah. So, uh, But at the same time, playing Louisville, playing Ohio State, playing Michigan State, playing Texas Tech, there are some very good non-conference teams. Sure. And then... You can think about it like this, too. You can say, oh, you know, I remember back in my day or a long time ago, <laughs> you know, they used to play all the marquee names in the non-conference. Well, here's one thing to consider, too. The SEC competition, the conference competition, has only gotten That's better. Right. That's exactly so, right. So even just a couple of years ago, it was almost flip-flop where you had to play those name teams just to get your RPI up, just to get your, you know, resume built in the non-conference because as soon as you got to the SEC portion of your schedule, you weren't going to be able to gain any ground sure. on some of the top teams in the country. Well, that's flip-flop now because the SEC is putting teams in the NCAA tournament every year. You know, there's an Auburn that pops out and makes it to the Final Four. Uh, you never know, you know, what Tennessee is going to do. There, there are some very good teams 
uh, right now in the SEC. So you can think that maybe that's what Calipari and the schedule makers are no thinking. Doubt about that. They don't want to load themselves up before they have to go through that gauntlet of a conference schedule. And I know some fans may say, yeah, but you're not playing anybody. And that's the reason why, because the SEC, it's not just Kentucky and LSU as it used to be, or Kentucky and Florida. We've seen Tennessee, as you mentioned, Auburn come on and, and uh, you know, Texas A&M was strong a couple of years ago. And I think it's just a matter of time when, you know, Cal says, look how many teams we got in the NCAA tournament. Right. That shows you how good the conference can be. We're going to have to wrap it up so we can get back to work upstairs. Appreciate you watching. For Lee K. Howard, I'm Brian Milam. Thanks for watching Facebook Live Friday, and we'll see you next week.